everybody. I'm Kelly Ellers. I'm Jeffrey Lennon. And this is Volume Up by the T's. So you went to a little concert, I hear. A little concert, yeah. A little, a big, a thing. A thing, a thing. A thing. But maybe not in the best one for California. Ooh. Uh, I feel like I was let down. What? No, not not because the concert wasn't everything. It was. Okay. Let me first state, <laughs> Renaissance World Tour, not the Eros Tour, not a Swifty. Yes. Not sorry about that. Um, saw the queen herself, uh, Queen B, and she was everything. Like, let me make no mistake about it. It was also the Bay Area. I okay. recently transplanted from LA, mm-hmm. you know, and so it was a little bit, the, the crowd was different, maybe. Really? A mix, a mix. There's a lot of tech folks in the crowd that are maybe not like with the rhythm. Oh, I see. If you know. Mm. Um, Were they sporting clear backpacks? <laughs> they were. <laughs> I, as, as was I. I was sporting a clear fanny pack. Of course you were. Yes. Yeah, naturally. Um, yes. Anyway, she was incredible. <laughs> like the greatest living entertainer of our time. Unreal. Love everything about it. But. Yes. She delivered looks in LA. Mm. Three shows, look after look after look after look. Fashion, capital letters. Bay Area was like... Not in Bay Area? Was she wearing all black? No, no, no. I mean... Did she have on a hood? She, she had on a hoodie. <laughs> she did it. <laughs> she she did not do the hoodie and jeans. Um, It was just like more understated, I think. Wow. Like a little bit less... Okay. You know, it was not... B-Day, like birthday celebration, Mm -hmm. that concert. We didn't get a Diana Ross, let me just say. Okay, fine. You know, but I will say in in sitting there, obviously the songs, Bops, we love. Um, (laughs) The hair. Really? Like shout out to the team. That enormous mane, just like everywhere, like just speaks to me. I mean, yeah. can we find out her lead stylist, please? I mean, let's take a note for our producer. It's Neil Farina. Oh, Neil Farina. OK, we're going to need to. No, we. Yeah, let's Neil. Neil, this is your formal invitation. We're going to need to chat mm-hmm. uh, because not only did she look incredible, but the dancers and there's like a at least for this stop before she went to L.A., they were all rocking blonde in a very like it was just so cool. My God, like, all right. But the hair, everything, it all came together. What were we expecting? Nothing less. Nothing less. I just wish I were in LA for this concert. So that's all. I'm sorry about that. I did hear that you might be going to the concert again, though, which is very extra. I love that for you. Look, I I have a very dear friend who went to all three shows in LA. Okay. All three. Mm. Just shook it up. Different. Oh areas um yeah and there were floor seats last minute oh and i applaud that decision i applaud that same in retrospect i would have we kate and i we should have splurged that's the learning you should have when she comes to town mom and dad needed to take a trip to la now you know yeah next time now we know now we know so if if she re-ups the the tour like <laughs> taylor swift then i'm all about it all right and you'll all hear about it and maybe we'll have spoken with Neil by then. We will have. I'm putting it out there in the universe. Yes, yes, yes. Let's make that happen. Speaking of speaking with, on our last episode, Maria Villarreal and Julie Hightower. Julie is the founding board member of the Daisy Foundation. And Maria, the founder of Pink Pewter and Pink Pewter Foundation, created Beauty with a Purpose, coming together after partnering for many years with their nonprofit organizations. And they wanted to bring it to the beauty industry. And we love that. Mm-hmm. 
Beauty with a Purpose is a one-day industry event that I will be there and is a movement that is packed with influential beauty industry leaders, artists, and beauty brands joining together to support and mentor guests at all levels of their career through development, networking, and connecting. The event promises the tools, guidance, inspiration, knowledge, and motivation needed to succeed at every step of your journey. Can't wait for it. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review, and follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and TikTok at Read the Tease and send in questions to volume up at thetease.com. This week, we're talking with the Camille Friend. Coming from a family of hairstylists, she spent her youth in salons developing skills and product knowledge that gained her entry into the world of hairstyling at the tender age of 17, thus beginning her professional career. Within two years of moving to LA, she established herself as a prominent hairstylist. With some fantastic opportunities and extensive training under her belt, she was on her way to becoming a forerunner in the film and TV industry, and her ingenious talents reflect her ability to design and groom period looks that require her expertise with lace front wigs. Alongside her work in entertainment, Camille is teaching masterclasses and mentorship programs through her company, Hair Scholars. This is a good one, Jeff. Trust me. Oh, I can't wait. I can't wait. Incredible. So we're going to talk about now a little rant that we have. Why Why is everything have to be <laughs> named? And what I mean by the latest beauty trend that New York Post is reporting is something called martini makeup. Now, Jeff, I- explain that to me. Explain it to our podcast what you believe martini makeup to be. <laughs> without <laughs> without clicking through, um, I'm thinking that it's giving, like a, it's an eye look that's giving dirty martini, like an olive oh, color. Okay. Is that like an olive accent and some sparkle? I, like truly, what do we mean by any of these things? Like that's the big question. Like a, a jelly donut nail, a strawberry whatever lip. Like, yeah. does it have to be a food item every time? Why? And when were you like looking at your dirty martini, which I, in fact, love? Of course. Who doesn't? And saying, you know what? First of all, the only thing green in it is the actual olive. Yeah. Yeah. And how how do we translate that this is going to be this nice sort of shimmery sort of greenish eye look? It doesn't compute for me. We don't need a fun title for everything. No, it just feels like a, <laughs> a reach. I mean, I guess like the micro trend, like for content cre- it's can be fun. Yeah. Sure, I guess. Sure. It's a little, it's a little exhausting, if I'm honest. Well, technically, this is the exact opposite of the quote strawberry makeup trend. It's leaning into the unapproachable makeup trend. Ugh. It's cheers worthy glam. And it has a staggering 1.5 million views on TikTok. So women are painting their faces to replicate this buzzy alcohol beverage in a classic dirty or even espresso martini. And I feel like that's all the airtime we need to give to that. Okay. So the last parting question on said makeup trends (laughs) associated with food, Mm -hmm. if you had to have a makeup look that was related to your favorite drink, what would it be? I mean, you know, this, I like a tequila drink. Oh, I do. I especially like a margarita. Mm-hmm. Nobody wants to have a margarita face. Like, what do, <laughs> what do we like? Uh, like a little salt on the rim. I don't know. Like, I mean, I, I guess like a crystal. Yeah, crystal. Th- that could equal limey. The translate. Uh, I mean, a neon lemony limey. That's fair. 
We could do that. That could maybe. I like that. What What about you? What is the drink? You know, because I live in the Midwest, my husband's favorite drink is an old fashioned. Obviously. And if you've seen that, you know, you've got some nice deep tones. Yeah. Of a little bit of caramels, a little splash of a cherry, mm-hmm. maybe an orange. And so I think that could go nicely as a color palette. I actually really do think that that could work. I don't think the naming is especially fun for... The old-fashioned? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But I think, like, the effect would actually be pretty damn exciting. Yeah, so... Let's get onto that one instead. Mm -hmm. Screw the martini makeup. Want to see your (laughs) old-fashioned makeup? Tag us, makeup artists. Let's let's get into it. Let's let's see that. Let's make that one happen. Yeah, I'd like to. I'd like to. Mm-hmm. And that's on that. Um, if you all are into this, uh, <laughs> and maybe you've done this trend, we need it for yourself. Or yeah, like let yeah, let's see it. I want to mm-hmm. engage maybe a little bit more. Um, no more airtime. No, but maybe some social engagement. Um, okay. Yeah. Fair. All right. Well, let's talk about things that are trending over on our site, thetease.com. Our editorial team has been hard at work this week, just like every week, uncovering industry news, looking into trends, and diving into brands that you don't know but should. And here are some of our favorite headlines. First up, a biggie. Biggie. uh, Unexpected. Mm -hmm. Uh, The title is, January Jones debuts, quote, kicky texture, end quote, thanks to celeb stylist Janine Jarman and Curl Cult. Janine Jarman, salon owner, celebrity hairstylist, and founder of the revolutionary in-salon texturizing service Curl Cult, posted a shocking transformation to her Instagram featuring actress and icon, hello, Mad Men, January Jones. Mm-hmm. January, already a longtime client, had recently undergone a big chop, and even though the cut looked amazing, Jarman says that the actress was struggling to get it to hold a style, and after a 90-minute service, her hair was newly effortless and perfectly unfussy looking, full of what Jarman described as kicky texture. Jarman spent seven years reinventing the perm and creating curl cults, sourcing vegan ingredients from Italy, rethinking the application process, and obsessing over every molecule until it was just right. And her protein-infused texture service allows stylists to create waves and curls without sacrificing hair health. And clients can expect results that last. The tea is connected with Jarman about all things Curl Cult and January's new look, including exactly how to recreate it for other short-haired clients who may be stuck in a styling rut. Head to thetees.com for the deets. The question, I mean, we're both into this look. How could you not? We are. Uh, Yes. Would you consider a Curl Cult perm? I wouldn't just consider it. I would oh. <laughs> I would run towards it. You're ready. And I don't run. Right. So I think that I know that Janine, I mean, those seven years, and we're going to get into it in a future podcast with her, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. the time and care and expertise to reinvent this white space category is absolutely brilliant. And for me, if I were a stylist, behind the chair thinking, how can I learn this mm-hmm. and add this onto my services A 90 minute service? Let's tack this on to whatever we're doing because everybody wants a little judge, yeah. a little kicky texture. I love that. I love that phrasing. So yeah, Ugh. I love it too. Oh, well, I could see it. I could see it for you. It's great. Let's make it happen. Maybe in the future, maybe after mm-hmm. Janine, who spoiler alert, will be joining us at a future date. You could make a quick pit stop over in LA and some kicky, some kicky texture of your own. I'm here for that kicky. All right. Uh, <laughs> next up, something that's also kicky, maybe uh, September tech touch ups. 
If you're dreading that summer is over or jumping for joy that it's almost fall, however you feel, our September tech touch-ups are sure to brighten your mood. Inspired by the internet world and adapted for the beauty space, check out our monthly tech touch-ups. Designed for stylists, makeup artists, estheticians, massage therapists, nail techs, and anyone in the beauty industry, we created mobile phone backgrounds to infuse a bit of fun, beauty, and newness into your routine. Pick up these September designs for your phone's tech touch-up. I mean, there's a tight edit. There's just four options to choose from. Yep. I am particularly drawn to the nail polish one Mm -hmm. and you'll have to go and see what i'm talking about i'm not going to give you more detail but it's very cool uh what is your favorite which are you maybe adding to your background you know i'm going with you on the nail one as well it's so good just because we talked about my old-fashioned makeup (laughs) with this polish you could get an old-fashioned yeah manicure yeah so there yeah that's a (laughs) it's a satisfying color story that you're making all right Next up, uh, this is an interesting one. This category we've talked about a few times on the podcast. Uh, The article is called Five Hair Bond Building Launches That You Absolutely Need to Know About. If there's one area of hair care that shows no signs of slowing down, it's the bond building category. Over the last few years, there's been enormous growth in this space as more and more brands turn their focus to creating reparative products that tackle hair damage. While Olaplex is certainly the original pioneer of bond building and single-handedly responsible for creating the entire category, numerous hair care brands have developed their own bond building formulas that could very well give the brand a run for its money. You're probably already familiar with some bond building newcomers such as Epre and K18. We've covered them extensively on this podcast, uh, but there's a number of new bond building hair products and brands that launched this summer that you'll want to be aware of as well. Head to thetees.com for a few of the best new bond building hair launches to hit the market. Kelly, are we currently bond building? I feel like I'm always bond building. Yeah. Just for safe measure. (laughs) (laughs) Are there any brands that are speaking to you in this rundown of launches? A hundred percent. Of course. So Function of Beauty Pro, first of all, is speaking to me. The packaging is incredible. And I'm going to want to give a little try to that one next. I mean, let's make that happen. Uh, Maybe after we get a curl cult perm. Yes, we'll be bonding. Although I don't know if you have to after that. But (laughs) I mean, we're going to do all of the things. All of it. (laughs) As always, so much going on over at thetease.com. Thank you to our hardworking editors. We are proud to publish stories that salon pros and consumers care about. Next up, my interview with the Camille Friend. In this era of celebrity hairstylists and makeup artists, Los Angeles-based and Academy Award nominee for Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, Camille Friend is one to watch. As long as she can remember, she has always wanted to be in the beauty biz. Coming from a family of hairstylists, she spent her youth in salons, developing skills and product knowledge that gained her entry into the world of hairstyling at the tender age of 17, thus beginning her professional career. Camille moved from Tempe, Arizona to Los Angeles to pursue her dreams. Within two years, she established herself as a prominent hairstylist in Los Angeles. She went on to explore opportunities that led to a successful career as a professional hair and makeup artist. She landed a coveted position with Sebastian International as a platform instructor and color specialist. Training with Vidal Sassoon and John Atkinson to learn and master precision haircutting techniques. All of these opportunities and extensive training helped to prepare her for a future in entertainment. By 26, she was on her way to becoming a forerunner in the film and TV industry. 
Camille's current credits run the spectrum from film, TV, print, and music videos. Some of her credits include Tenet, Marvel Studios, Black Panther, Charlie's Angels, Captain Marvel, Dream Girls, The Help, Hunger Games, Mockingjay Parts 1 and 2, Captain America, The Winter Soldier, Captain America, Civil War, and finally, The Little Mermaid. Her ingenious talents reflect her ability to design and group period looks that require her expertise with lace front wigs. Her dedication, training, and innovative skills have led her to success. What's next for the star on the rise? Teaching masterclasses and mentorship programs through her company, Hair Scholars, wig and product development, and speaking engagements worldwide. All right. So today on the pod, we have a gem that we have been waiting for. Camille Friend is here joining me. And we're going to get into, you know, how you got started in the industry. We're going to take it all the way back. So tell us about your beginnings. Well, back in the day, no. <laughs> Basically, I mean, it's 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 widely known. You know, I'm a third generation hairstylist. So I have family who are hairstylists, aunts. I grew up in the salon. I love nothing more than the smell of the salon. It's like the best perfume for me. Mm-hmm. It brings back all my memories. So hairstyling is something I never imagined doing anything else. Wow. Like it was wow. always what I wanted to do. Like I wanted to be a hairstylist. Number two, number one, number two was a pharmacist. Like that was my only two. Things. <laughs> and, and actually the interesting thing, you do get to learn, you know, some of like what we do is in pharmacy, you know, calculations and chemistry and all that sort of thing. So, you know, I've always wanted to do it. It's just in my family blood, I think. So that's basically how I got started and just always wanted to do it. Grew up in the salon, had to work to work in the salon to get your hair done. And, you know, that's where I started. Went to beauty school in Arizona. We were talking about that. I went to beauty school in Arizona and that's where my career started. Wow. That's amazing. So we have, you know, we talked about before we joined here, our, our degrees of separation. I too was a child of a stylist and salon owner for 40 years. So when you say the smell of the salon, like nothing gets me like walking into a salon and I feel like my blood pressure goes down. It's my happy place. (laughs) Only my happy place. I love going to the salon. I love all the sights, sounds, smells, you know, it's something, if you grew up with it, like you did, it's just something, it's our happy place. It is. It is. Yeah. Okay. So you graduated beauty school and then what was your first venture in the industry? In the industry, I started at like a small, like I worked, I think it was called the Broadway at the time. Like I worked at like that. And then later on, I moved on and I worked with a wonderful woman and her name is Joanne Moore. And Joanne Moore, she was a seasoned hairstylist and somebody who knew extensions to color to all of it. And she took me under her wing and I was really good friends with her um, daughter named Denise, God rest Denise Salt, she passed of cancer uh, many years ago, but we're all still in touch. And she taught me, you know, everything. Like she taught me, it was called Any Hair. And I started my career as an extensionist. People don't, some people don't know that. Wow. Like I started as an extensionist and Joanne taught me so much about everything. Like, you know, matching extensions, you know, how to make them lay right. And this is, this is in the stone age when hair was not beautiful, Hair was hard. It was hard. It wasn't great. It it wasn't hair like it is now. Like, you know, it wasn't. So I came up in the hard era of extensions. But you know what? I learned so much. And that's why, you know, I love I still do extensions too a little bit, you know, for set. 
but I started as an extensionist and fast forward, I moved to LA. I was fell in love, I thought, came to LA and ended up working for a man called John Atchison. And John Atchison, he's a legendary um, hairstylist in this business. And he was really, his method was really about, um, he was the director, like creative director for Vidal Sassoon for, for many, many years. And he started his own. And basically he taught, I'm going to say very Vidal Sassoon-esque um, cutting. So I came to LA, worked for John Atchison for quite a while and got all of that under my belt. And Basically, one day I was sitting in the salon and somebody called me and asked me would I come help curl some hair on a movie. And I was like, OK, I'll come. Sure. <laughs> wow. That's quite a story. And that was it. That was it. And you're here. Yeah. You know, you mentioned that, you know, that phone call. But fast forward to today right? you've had a beyond successful career in the movie business. Um, what was that first taste of that like? You know, I didn't get it. Okay. Kelly, I would tell you what, I wasn't looking for it. Okay. Like, you know, a lot of people like now I teach classes, people talk, they want to be in the business. They want to be in the business. I knew about the business, but it wasn't something I was looking for. I had a great clientele. I was having a good life. You know, I was in LA in my twenties doing my thing, hanging out on sunset. So you know, I was having a good life. <laughs> so, you know, you know, I wasn't thinking about getting into the industry, but you know, thank God, as I say, God had a bigger plan for my life. So, you know, it was one of those things. It just happened. And I was like, okay. And then I fell in love with it. You know, I've always been a person, you know, all the movies of the, you know, the nineties and the eighties and even past that. I love watching movies always have. I, I was a blockbuster kid. Yeah. The card, the card and all, right? Like, I mean, people don't realize like we used to go to blockbuster on the weekend and say, we want five movies. Right. We could watch movies all weekend. So I got to watch so many movies. And then when cable came and just going to the movies, my family was always a family to go to the movies. So it just, and then stepping into it, I just, and here I am. Right. What was the first project outside of, you know, curling hair with that first phone call that you worked on that stands out in your mind? I would definitely say, I think there's two things that happened. So I'll just tell you, coincidentally, when I did that first project was, it was, um, it was a Martin Lawrence movie. It was called Line Between Love and Hate. Okay. And they called me to curl Lynn Whitfield's wigs. And there was a young lady on there and she only worked a couple days yeah. as an actress. And she was like, I have a TV show. And they said, I could ask for a hairstylist. Do you want to do it? And I'm like, sure. sure. I didn't know. Next thing I know, her name is Simbi Kali. She's an actress and we're still friends. Next thing I know, I am on Third Rock from the sun on NBC. Okay. My first job in the union was there, got nominated for an Emmy, worked there for six years and, and really learned so much. So, you know, you just never know where your opportunity is going to be. And then after that, you know, just kind of doing things. And then I had done a little movie with, um, uh, with Jamie Foxx. And he said to me, he goes, I have a really great movie coming. It's called Ray. I'm like, Oh, wow. I say, sure. And he's like, I'm going to call you. <laughs> and that's what happened. Wow. And I didn't have the resume to do even do that movie, but he had faith in me. And I asked one of my friends to be the department head, okay. but I was like, I want to learn and I want to do everything I can. So end up doing Ray. When we did Ray, Ray was an independent. Wow. It didn't have the studio. It didn't have the cachet that people thought. Right. So 
Ray. And then who knew it took off and I was off to the races. <laughs> wow. That's incredible. For those of us that have never done hair on a set, what does a typical day look like with these projects or ongoing sitcoms? Um, you know, basically our days, they start early, especially in filmmaking, you know, they start early. And as a department head, just depending on what's going on the day, like I'd like to get get there, get to work early. I first like to go to where we usually have a background area where we have hairstylists and makeup artists doing background people. Okay. So I like by the background area, see what's going on over there. Do they need anything? You know, does anybody need any questions answered? But you always have somebody who is over there who is running that area. Like they call it like a supervisor. So I go check in with the supervisor, see how they are doing for the day. If they need anything, then I head to the trailer and, you know, start just start getting the day together, looking at the script, looking at the call sheet. What are we doing today? What does it involve? What needs to be like, you know, what wigs need to be pulled? Do we need to pull? Is somebody getting wet on set? Do we need to pull towels? Do we need to pull water? Wow. Like just thinking the day and getting ready for the day and and who is going to be sitting in my chair and preparing for whatever looks I need to do, looking at the continuity, seeing, okay, this is what we're doing today. So that's how my day usually gets started. And oh, and a protein shake and a green drink. <laughs> <laughs> we need our hairdressers to be fed, right? <laughs> right. Right. And I'm just going to say this, if people do not believe me, when you work, the lighter you eat, the better you are, because there's so much food and junk on set. Yeah. If you eat junk, I always say you can do it for a little while. But when you get into projects that are, you know, two, three, four months, that eating, it catches up with you. So I like to eat light and eat clean. That's that's a great tip. Um, so there's been a lot of significance around the hair in your recent projects, including Wakanda Forever and The Little Mermaid. Yes. You know, with those recent roles, you've transitioned to more of a visionary for the overall hair design. How has that been? And walk us through that process. You know, I love I love designing hair because it's you know, it gives you the freedom like it just allows your mind to open and you could just do so many things. And, you know, and one thing that's been beautiful with Wakanda Forever, movies like Wakanda Forever, the first Black Panther, even Little Mermaid, it's how do we design these looks? How do we like with Little Mermaid? How do we reimagine this? You know, Wakanda, how do we build this civilization and like, how can it look? So to me, these are the greatest opportunities because to me, this is fun. Like it's playtime because Everything that I wanted to do or thought about doing or wanted to try, you know, I'm like, let's do it. It's an opportunity to me. It's like a playground. It's a hair playground. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that's incredible to sit down and say, you know, like you're saying, how do we recreate this iconic film? Right. With, you know, sort of the the significance around that with Little Mermaid and then creating this whole civilization that it has to be kind of like a kid in a candy store. It is. I mean, and, you know, I work with not only just the best hairstylists, best makeup artists, the best craftsmen, you know, the best wig makers. So if I'm like, well, I want something to do this. How do we get to this? And they're like, let's try this or let's try that. So it's so amazing to have that opportunity to work with what I just call the craftsmen. Yeah. People who work with their hands and they're the best at what they do. So the possibilities are endless. Yeah. And I love digging into this side of our business too, right? Because often we're sitting in the movie theater, we're talking, we're thinking about the storyline and the characters and the famous people playing them. But 
it's the visual of the hair, the makeup, the fine details, the aesthetics. And it's, it's, you know, incredible professionals like you and your teams that are making this come to life. You know, that's the beauty of, you know, I'm just going to say this. I was talking to a friend of mine the other day and I was like, I only want to go to movies right now that I can escape. And I think people like, don't get me wrong. I like serious movies too, but sometimes you want to go to the movies just to have a good time, right? just to be entertained. And that's what we get to do for people. Like the thing about Barbie, what is magical? I'm just going to say they did a heck of a job on that promotion and marketing, that marketing team. They should get did they? trophy, baby. They <laughs> did I haven't seen a movie marketed like that in many, many years. Huge marketing campaign. Yep. And then two, it tapped into the nostalgia. We all think about Barbie and then it's the fantasy. Who doesn't want to go see beautiful dolls who turn into women and beautiful clothes with beautiful aesthetics that are cool because it's escapism. People want to have fun. Yeah. Life is hard. Life is challenging for people. The movies have always been a great escape. So we should, we, that's what we should be. It should be entertainment where people can have a fun ride. I totally agree. And, you know, with some of those movies that you've worked on, it's, it's very much that, and, you know, with kind of the significance around, hair within these specific movies. Was that on your mind? Was that heavy on your mind when you were working on that story and how to create that story through hair? You know what? This is what's so funny. I try not to, I always tell people just be in the moment. So when I'm designing, I'm just thinking about like, like in Black Panther, when we're deciding the tribes, okay, what's going to look good with the wardrobe? What's the backstory of this tribe? Who are they as people? Where do they live? What is the climate like? All of those things have to go into the design of what it looks. It just shouldn't be. And, you know, it's not, as I say, you know, movies are not the hair show where we just do what we want. It's all collectively has to work. You know, the props have to work. the, The clothes have to work. The makeup has to work. Even the production design. What colors are you using in the production and the walls. What color are the walls going to be? What's the texture in the furniture? Wow. Like all of those things are things that you're thinking about when you're designing and thinking about like the tribe in a set. How is that going to look? So, you know, there's a lot of components and a lot of layers that go into it. For sure. Even you describing all of those things, it's like, wow. Yes. Quite a feat at hand. You know, I also want to say congrats on your Academy Award nomination. What did that feel like to be nominated to get that phone call or that letter? And then also, how was your Oscars experience? So a double-edged question. (laughs) Well, you know, I'm going to tell you the best lesson I had was twice before it didn't happen. Hmm. Okay. So going through, you know, going through the whole process, people don't realize you just don't get to the Oscars. There's a whole process that you have to go to. You know, submitting your movie, you know, you go in and you fill out all the questions and then you go through the first round, which are you going to get eliminated next round? Are you going to get a limit round? And then you make it to the bake off, what we call the bake off, where you go and present your movie to the Academy. And after the bake off, then, you know, so you've gone through all those steps. And when you get to the bake off, you're like, whoa, I'm almost there. Wow. But that morning when they announce, if they don't announce your name, you're kind of sad. Yeah. Like on the first Black Panther, when they didn't announce our names, I was like, wah, wah, wah. Yeah. I was sad for a couple of days. I'm not going to lie. But 
The third time is the charm. <laughs> I woke up that morning. I was very in prayerful and mindful. I got up and I put on my makeup. I, and the times before I didn't, I got up and I got dressed, put on my makeup. My manager came over, some friends came over and I was just sitting there very calm. And they had me set up all these like little cameras. They had, had you set up your phone, uh. your iPad. So everything is set up the night before. So, you know, I walk into my living room where the TV and you see everything is there. It will turn on everything because they want to catch it. Wow. And so I'm sitting there and this was the funny thing, Kelly. I heard them say my name, but then you go, you go blank. Oh gosh. So I kept asking. So I started crying, but then I kept asking <laughs> them, did they really say my name? <laughs> and they said their name. And I was like, I don't think they did. Are you sure? And I was crying. <laughs> and so literally they had to uh, at me because it just wouldn't. Compete. Wow. And then the rest of the day was a party. Like, my best friend came over. She was at work. My best friend was like, um, I'm good. I have to go home. I don't feel well. <laughs> she went to my house with donuts and champagne. And we went to yes. friends' houses and screaming and laughing and crying. It was a beautiful day. That's amazing. What what a life once in a lifetime, or hopefully maybe multiple in a lifetime, just putting that out there. Multiple. Experience. <laughs> and then I'm gonna say the day of the Oscars was absolutely beautiful. What was beautiful, like it all got worked out. There's like even a lottery for the tickets. There's a whole, there's a whole lot behind the scenes that happens in Oscar. Wow. So there's a lottery. You, you just can't buy tickets. So I was lucky enough to get tickets for, you know, all my people who worked with me. So my hairstylist got to come cool. to the Oscars with me, which was beautiful, who worked on the movie. So everybody came to my house. So we had hair, makeup, food, champagne, we shots. We had everything. <laughs> I mean, I had friends who came over. My family came in. So that day of the Oscars was full of love. Yeah, that's incredible. And one of my friends who is somebody who we met the first day I came to L.A., her name is Carmen Cuba. And now she is a very famous casting director. Very, very famous. And she was my date and we had a blast and it was just like a combination of our friendship yeah. life. And here we are, you know, we always say we started from the bottom. Now we are here, baby. <laughs> <laughs> That's my favorite. I love that saying actually. <laughs> and I mean it like, you know, we didn't know anything in Hollywood. Yeah. We didn't have any connections. We didn't have any magic bullet. We just worked really, really hard. So That's incredible. So, you know, in a statement, how has your work evolved from that first time you stepped on set with your, you know, just to curl some hair right. to that moment? I mean, it must have been just such a time to reflect. It is. It was such a time to reflect. And, you know, I say this like the Oscar is it's not just that movie that you got nominated. Yeah. It's that 27 years of being in the business, learning about how to make wigs, how to style wigs, how to be on locations, traveling, all the people that you get to interact and you learn a little about this or you learn things that you how you don't want to be with people yeah. like all the directors, all the, you know, the production designers, all the production managers that I work with, you know, all the people, because two, when it happens, People just start emailing you and texting you. And so many people I reconnected with who I might not have seen them for 10, 15, 20 years, yeah. but they reached out and they said, Hey, Camille, mm -hmm. we see it's a beautiful time. It's almost like getting married. 
Yeah. I mean, it's a huge, huge life moment and accomplishment. So again, congratulations. What would you tell, what, what would be your advice to those wanting to start in the entertainment industry or who have already started and they want to move up? You know, I think one of the most important things, I always call it skill level. Okay. So as you go along, when I pick people to work for me, I look at a couple different things. I look at skill level. So are you a person who is skilled on all types of hair, mm. like all type of hair, all type of hair texture? Can you do a little hair coloring? Can you cut? Can you style? Mm-hmm. Can you do some extensions? I like people who are all well-rounded okay. because they're an asset to my team. Yeah. I would say, I am looking for the superstar. I'm looking for the MVP to work with me. Because that's the kind of movies I do. And that's the kind of talent I'd like to bring into the trailer. Yeah. So those are the sort of things that I tell people when they're getting started, learn about everything. You know, certain people, they're like, oh, I only do this. I only do that. And that's fine. But in this world, it's good to be have a vast knowledge. And I'm not saying you have to be a master at all of it, okay. but know how to do it. Because I, I say, if you get into situations like, you know, say you're in Turkey, Say you're in Greece, say you're, you know, say you're in Saudi Arabia, mm-hmm. things can happen and you just have to know how to do a little bit of everything because you might have to improvise, you might have to compromise. And, you know, sometimes I'm going to say FedEx, you can FedEx, but FedEx uh, going overseas overnight is not overnight, honey. Yeah. <laughs> four, five, six, seven days. So, you know, order something, you're like, Mm -hmm. oh, I'm going to order this. It might not make it in time. No. So, you know, knowing how to compromise, how to innovate and how to change things up, be spur of the moment. And the other thing is to take direction. Mm. A lot of people come from the salon and you're used to running your own show. And I understand that. But when you come into our world, you're not running your own show. You have a department head to answer to or a key or a supervisor, because we have to answer to somebody. Right. I have to answer to the director. I have to answer to the studio. So I get my marching orders and you have to be able to adjust, pivot and, and do those things. So, you know, those are things that you have to think about coming into the industry. Yeah. And it sounds like there's a lot to be thought of, right? The skill level, but then also those soft skills that, you know, you've got to know and flex. And it sounds very, very different, as you mentioned, than kind of being an independent contractor, independent salon owner working in a salon. Right. But I mean, it can be done, but you have to be ready to like, Yeah, I'll tell you, interesting in my classes, my classes are either and, th- and not always, but I always love when people who have been in the business, they're like, I've been in the business 15, 20, 30, 40 years, and I want to do something else. And I'm like, you're in the right place. You can do it. You just have to adjust. Yeah. Now, and a lot of times, and I'm going to say this, the last one, I'll say computer skills. Yeah. Hairstylists sometimes, especially the youngins, they do okay. But the middle ones and the oldies, you got you got to have the computer skills because yeah. everything that we do in the film business is on computers. They are on secure networks. You have to know how to work through encrypted networks and 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 and, and work through all of that. So knowing how to use the computer and having computer skills is important. All right, that's a great one. Okay, we're going to pivot now. We talked quite a bit about your experience in the entertainment industry, and there's a significant event happening right now in the industry. What are your thoughts on the strike? 
Yes, the strike. Yes. Listen, I'm going to say this. Actors are the reason why hair and makeup work in our business. If actors didn't sit in our chair, we wouldn't have jobs. So as far as that, I'm in 100% solidarity with the actors and the writers. But is this challenging? Absolutely. Absolutely. It is challenging. Mm -hmm. I speak to my friends. I speak to colleagues, you know, every single day. And it is challenging not to have work and we don't know what we're going to work. So this is something it is challenging mentally and emotionally. So, you know, I mean, I've had at my home, I've hosted a, a meditation session and a breast session with one of my girlfriends who came into town because people need that release. Yeah. You know, for me, I, every other day I walk, I walk, you know, five, six, seven miles just to get it out of your system. Yeah. You know, even friends, I'm like, let's meet and go for a hike, you know, getting those things out, you know, like I, I'm calling it more of the time of instead of like, this is so horrible. You got to change your mindset. I'm calling it. It's the time of self-care. Right. You know, mm -hmm. going, to going to the doctor, working out, you know, cooking myself beautiful food. Like last night I was up cooking myself a new recipe I saw. I was like, okay, I'm going to cook this whole new, I'm going to cook this thing tonight at 10 o'clock at night. I was, I was talking to a girlfriend on the, she needs some help. She just moved. I'm like, okay, I'll fly there and come help you, you know, unpack boxes, you know, being of service. So just thinking about things and other ways that we can do to be a service and, you know, get your mind off of, you know, all of it, but eventually it's going to work out. But I get why people are striking and people have certain protections and it's time for the change in the business. Things have to change because it's a broken system. And, you know, I just we're here and we just have to keep going. And this strike is certainly for not just the actors, right? I mean, maybe explaining to our listeners how this is affecting the entire industry. Right. It, it, it affects the entire industry. And I'll just say a little bit how I was affected even before the actors striked. So I had finished a project and I was starting another project and we were a week in, we were prepping. And then the producers came and told us they decided they were going to pull the plug because the writers were about to strike. They knew they were going to strike. So I lost a whole movie. Oh, wow. Because they decided, oh, we're not going to start. And, you know, this is before anybody had really you know, it's been an effect. It's a ripple effect that happens like across the pond. So we have the actors who are striking and we also have the writers who are striking. So the reason why none of us could, can work, because obviously they can't create any new scripts. They can't they can't do that. And then the actors, they're not working. So that's why we're here, even though my union personally, we're not striking. But in solidarity and what this is, we, we don't go to work. Yeah. You know, we're not, we're not, I'm not crossing picket lines. I'm not doing anything like that. I'm a union member. Yeah, got it. So how do you believe other members of the industry or the industry as a whole should get involved with this strike? Are there things that we should be doing? Talk to me about that. You know what? Call and check on your friends. Good point. Like when people pop into my mind now, I instantly let me text them. Yeah. Let me call them. Like when people's names pop in my, just check on people. Then also, you know, 
go walk on the picket line. You know, it's a little this week in L.A. It's not too, too bad. If you're in L.A. or New York this this week in L.A., is the, this week has been very mild. You know, go go walk on the picket lines or, you know, like I say, help a brother or sister out. Like if you know somebody like if you're doing OK, if you know that they may not doing anyway, what does it take for you to go take a bag of groceries? Yeah. Or, you know, or give them, you know, here's here's some money for some food, yeah. you know, or taking them for a nice meal. You know, one of my girlfriends is a producer. She called me the other day and she goes, hey, girl, I can, I have this. She goes, I have a reservation for a great restaurant. I'd like to take you to a dinner. I went to a fabulous dinner. I didn't know I was going to go. But my girlfriend took me to a beautiful dinner. Yeah. And I wasn't expecting that. And she was like, I got you. I just want to take you for a nice dinner. Lovely. And, you know, and just, you know, being like I said, just helping each other out when you think about people, call them because mental health is very challenged right now. Yep. You know, it's really tough mm -hmm. on people. And I even have a friend who does like marketing, like he can't work. So it affects everyone. Gosh, it really does. It really does. Um, how do you feel that pros can stay afloat while also supporting writers and actors? I think, you know, we all have to pivot and do different things. You know, yeah. friends who have gone back in the salon or working behind the counter doing makeup, you know, doing those sort of things. I know people who are driving Uber, you know, just doing whatever we can, you know, yeah. dog walking. Everybody's doing something, you know, everybody's doing something different. So, you know, I, I, I'm great. I'm lucky I have the ability to go teach. So I'm teaching more classes. We always have classes, but, you know, there's a couple of classes I've been wanting to do anyway. So we're getting ready to do some live classes. I'm going to go to New York and do a class. And, you know, and I just actually was playing around writing a whole new class because oh. a buddy, I wanted to do a class. One of the questions I'll just say, one of the questions that people most ask me two questions, how to get into the union, which I do, I cover in my blueprint for beginners. The second one is how to make your deal. Mm. So I've always wanted to do a class just on how to make your deal. Like, what are your deal points? How to make your deal? What's the difference between a European deal and an American deal? How to all of things. Wow. Because it's a whole big Megilla. Trust me, I've learned. <laughs> so, you know, I was like yesterday I was sitting here finishing up writing that class. So, you know, I'm just thinking about a name for it. That's what I got to figure out. But, you know, some of the things and even like a product that I wanted to I wanted to work on. So I started working on a product that I want to work on. So, you know, all those little things, that's what that's what I've been doing. I think that's what all of us are doing. I know I've seen a lot a lot more content from some of my colleagues and I'll be like, girl, your content is looking good. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. That's amazing. Everybody's doing a little bit of everything. Yeah, you got it. Um, so one of the demands of the SAG-AFTRA was having consultations with qualified hair and makeup professionals to ensure fairness and representation for performers of color. Yes. The production companies and streamers said that the main actors would be allowed this, but not the background actors. How do you feel about this, Camille? Well, I think it's, it's, it's challenging on both sides. Like, I'm going to say this. It all can be worked out. It's just coming to a solution. Yeah. And I think everybody deserves to be treated fairly. You know, for instance, of course, we always talk to the actors. We always talk to the actors. But, you know, one thing that like I know on movies that I do is we're lucky enough we do background fittings. So what happens in fittings, people come in, background actors come in and they go through the works. Okay. You know, they go through makeup, they go through hair, they go through costume, and then we take a picture of them. So 
we intimately get to have actually interaction with them. Okay. So I think that's something like it depends on the budget. Sometimes the budget is not there for that, but finding that money to give everybody that opportunity to have a consult, I think is good. It's just, you have to have the manpower in order to do that because if you need to speak to 300 400, you know, background artists that takes additional hairstylists and makeup artists to do that. For sure. But yes, can we do it? Absolutely, we can do it. Absolutely, we can do it. And it'd be our greatest and honor and joy to do it. Why do you feel that it's important for performers of color to have qualified hair and makeup professionals on set? What's your what's your take there? You know, it's just going into a space where you can be the best you. Yeah. So no matter who does you, it's important that a person of color that you can walk into the trailer and you don't need to think about, can this person do my hair? Can they do my makeup? How about if they get it wrong? Like, you don't need to be having those conversations. Their job is to learn their lines and be actors. And our job is to do the hair. So when you have qualified people who know how to do your hair, it's just a certain level of you're, you're comfortable. Yeah. We're giving people the strength, the courage, the acknowledgement when they're sitting in the chair and the validation that this business does validate you and you deserve to have somebody, you know, like Kelly, you don't want to go somewhere. Like if you were sitting in the chair and the girl was like, you know, all I do is blondes. I don't do anybody who's brunette. Eek. You would be like, <laughs> well, should, like it would make it would change your whole body language there because he's told you that all she does is blunt and you're a blunt. Mm-hmm. So that would be fair. So if you think about it in the same context is that it's really that simple. You want somebody who's there for you, who knows how to take care of your hair and makeup needs so you can be the best you. Well stated. How do you feel that something like this, you know, being set into place will help with the representation of beauty pros? that can truly work with all hair types in the industry? Um, I think overall, there's been ever since, you know, everything has happened during the pandemic, there's been a great call for people of, of color who can do textured hair. But I think for me, the component is, and the secret to my success, it's not that I can only do natural textures hair. I can do straight hair. I can do wavy hair. I can do curly hair. Mm-hmm. I can do any type of hair. I think that's where the real mission statement is. And for us as professionals, as professionals in 2023, it's absolutely the time, the now, the moment. If you're going to be in this business, and let me, let me, let me rewind. If you're going to work in this industry as a hairstylist, I don't care if you're in the salon. I don't care if you're doing hair out of your house. I don't care if you're in the trailer. This is our call to action to be better. Yeah. And to know across the board, all types of textures of hair. There's no more excuses. Right. You don't go to the nail salon and she says, oh, I only do square, square shaped nails. I don't do oval. So if you have oval, I I can't do you. No, a nail tech does every shape, color, texture, length. I do. They do gel, acrylic, whatever you want. So that's what it's the same. It's the same thing. It's just if you think about it in that context, sometimes it's easier for people to understand. It really is, because that's the first time I've thought about it in that context. But you're right. You know, it seems absolutely absurd to walk into a nail salon and say, well, no, I can't. I can't do that. I have no experience. And this just can't be because when you go into the salon, you know, you, your nail tech, they do everything. Right. You know, 
listen, my nail tech, she took me from like, I can go from short, dark, you know, during the Oscars, I had long and I had rhinestones. I had all kinds of stuff. And then, and then she took me into a different kind of shape. I had all different kinds of shapes I had never worn, but she took me through all of it during the, the whole Oscar season. I was like, this is kind of fun. I have these on fancy nails, <laughs> but she could take me to basic short dark nails yeah. because she can do everything. Right. God bless her. And her name is Lynn. I love Lynn. Let me say her name. You know, she can do everything. Right. And that's the same kind of mentality that we need to have in this business to push us forward. It shouldn't be the separatism. It doesn't need to be, and we need to stop it. And it starts with us. Agree. Woo. Well stated. Give me goosebumps. <laughs> Could not agree more with you. Um, so last question before we get to our teas, quick takes, which are going to be fun. Um, so obviously we know you are leading strong force for the beauty pros in the entertainment industry and in the industry as a whole. How do you hope to see things change in the future for the next generations, next generation of stylists, hair leads and makeup artists? I would love for us, like I just said, honestly, for us to just lead with, I'm just going to say this, lead with more compassion. Okay. And really lead with, you know, making this industry better. Like, I'm just going to say on Instagram, I hear so many clients complaining about stylist rules. You got to come with your hair shampooed. You got to come like this, blah, 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 la la la. And as stylists, I think we got a little bit too far. Okay. It's I know it's, it's a double-sided, but we have to respect our craft. Mm-hmm. We have to bring back professionalism. We have to come in at the highest standard. Agreed. And if we do that, that will change everything. We have to take back our industry. And because there's nothing like the experience of a client and a stylist in the chair. Mm-hmm. There's nothing like it. I mean, just from my experience working in the chair, you know what? I still have clients who are my friends mm-hmm. to this day because of that bond that we set in that chair. Yeah. So we are connected to our clients and we just have to step up and make this better, be more professional, show up on time and realize this is a professional business. It's a professional service. And we owe that to our clients. Ooh. All right. That's a pretty good one to end on Camille. (laughs) And I agree. I agree. It starts with us, right? We got to take it back. It's time. We have to take it back. Yeah. Agree. All right. Are you ready for the T's quick takes? We're going to round it out. I'm ready. <laughs> first line. What was your first ever product that you owned? Beauty or hair product? Oh, wow. I got to think. I know. Okay, I'm going to tell you one of my favorite that I love, love, love. I grew up with it. It is a shampoo that's called Lemon Fluff Shampoo. Oh, Okay. Cream shampoo that comes in a jar. And I grew up with it. I love the smell of it. And you can still find it a little bit, but lemon fluff shampoo. All right. That's a good one. All right. (laughs) Are you superstitious? And if so, about what? Um, I'm not really too superstitious. Okay. All right. Not really. I'm really not that superstitious. Okay. It's a no. All right. Who would, oh, this is, ooh, this question was made for you. Who would play you in a biopic of your life? Oh, Angela Bassett. I pick her every single day. All right. You knew that one. I expected you to know that. 
Angie all day long, every day. Because I know her, you know, I, we're friendly and I see myself a lot in her and she's a great lady. Oh, all day. Long. Angela Bassett. I love it. Angela Bassett. All right. What do you consider the ultimate comfort food? Ooh, I'm a sweet girl. Okay. I love sweets. I mean, listen, a cream brulee, a beautiful cream brulee in Italy and mm. Portofino, watching boats go by or yachts. That's a perfect day. All right. You know, the food in the scene and the setting. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I just could say that would be the perfect day. Okay. Or, you know, drinking a beautiful drink. You know, right there in Italy, right there, watching the day go by or a beautiful limoncello. All right. <laughs> Not on the couch. It must be in Italy. <laughs> Italy. Like, you know, I've had I've had beautiful moments in Italy, you know, in travel and working there and even being there with loved ones. Like just my heart is in Italy. OK, got it. All right. Last one. Say you are on a deserted island and can only bring three beauty products. What are you bringing? <laughs> okay. Um, my Dyson blow dryer. Okay. All right. Mm. Um, babyless flat iron. Okay. Nano flat iron. I think it's the inch, inch and a half flat iron. Okay. And oh my god, the th that's a hard one. The third one. Let me think. Well, isn't it the lemon fluff? <laughs> no, not the lemon fluff in my head. Okay. Um, okay. It would be actually one of it would be Unite seven second detangler. Okay. I can't. I, I love that stuff. And I'm trying to think. Oh, I'm giving too many. You oh, I'll, I'll allow you four. What's the fourth one? <laughs> and I'm trying to think what would be the last thing that I really could not live without. I'm for my own personal self. I'm a jail girl. So Echo Jail. Okay. I couldn't live without on an island because I would want to slick my hair back. Okay. <laughs> Amazing. Well, that was quite a chat we just had. I learned so many things. Oh. Thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, it was a pleasure to get to know you and an honor to take up an hour of your time. No, I appreciate it. And I always love talking to, I call it us. Us. I'm a hairstylist through and through. Like, that's my life. That's who I am. Like Kelly, I've just spent like I moved into my home like several months ago, a new house and I want to do my studio. So now I've come up with the plan. I'm like, I'm going to get wallpaper. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. So like, I, you know, I'm like, I want to create my fabulous studio now. I'm ready to do it because I want to be up there and I want to be able to record and, you know, do content and do friends hair. Like I owe some friends a couple of hairdos and some hair colors. <laughs> so I said, let me get the studio done. I'll be ready to get ready to paint. So, you know, you know, it's, it's, it's all those things. I love I love what I do yeah. and it, it's an honor and a gift. And I just thank my ancestors every day for blessing me with this gift and, you know, what has been blessed upon my family. It's a blessing. Amazing. Well, your energy and your spirit, it, it radiates joy. Um, so it's very apparent. High vibration. Mm -hmm. We must vibrate that high. So I believe in energy and vibration. So, yeah. Amazing. Well, thank you again. Where can our followers find you and follow you? Well, they can follow me on Instagram. I'm Camille underscore friend. And also you can follow me on Hair Scholars, which is my teaching and my educational company at Hair Scholars and or HairScholars.com. 
All right. Thank you so much. Thank you. All right, Jeff. So, I mean, she's like ticking through the movies. I know. The background. I know. The expertise. I know. I mean, it makes you just think not twice, but thrice (laughs) about the hair in movies. It's unreal. The care that goes into it. Yeah, I mean, and the talent that she's got. Wow. I just, oh, this was such a cool one. It's a good one. I'm thrilled that she was able to share this much with you. So, yeah. all right. Thanks to Camille. Be sure to hit subscribe, rate, and review, and follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and TikTok at Read the Tease, and send in questions to volume up at thetease.com. Volume Up is a Tease Media production. This episode was produced by Monica Hickey and Madeline Hickey. Brian Daly is our editor and audio engineer. Thank you to Josh Landowski and Nathan Folks for the custom volume up theme song. And thank you to our creative team for putting together the graphics for this episode.